Yes, we do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves, my name's Casey Steed, Citizen Watch, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. That's you, El Nido. Atwater. Winton. And all of our other little incorporated, unincorporated towns and hamlets out there. Let's see, what else? Stevenson, River Valley, LaGrande. And, of course, my favorite city on the west side, Gustine. All of our favorite dairy people out there, where Steve Gomes learned his welding skills. That's right. Great superintendent. Remember Dr. Gomes? Absolutely. He was a great guest on these airways for many, many years. Affectionately called him Dr. Samanex. We were. Where have you been, Steve? You were over there. You know, he went over to Italy, uh, followed all the family lineage, uh, where he was from. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. Azores. Excuse me. Got the wrong, wrong. It was over there. It was, it was over in Europe. I'm trying to do everything myself here, folks. Okay, we got to put that on pause. Hey, here we are, the 9 o'clock hour. You heard me talking to the guest like he's been here all day, and he has. Uh, Lauren Ganella from the great Ganella family of realtors here in town since 19, well, 1974, the business was started. Dad born here in 1922. I didn't get mom's birthday. His mom, Doris, great contributors to the community. We talked about that in the 8 o'clock hour. Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. Let the guests know he's on mic and we've got a level for him. Look, it's going to be fast. He's been nice enough to stay. Uh, we're not going to try to get him caught in traffic. But there's so many things to talk about. Again, if you ever want to hear any of our shows, go to 1480kyos.com. There on the top, there's a podcast banner. You click on that. Not only can you listen to Roger Wood, but you can listen to Community Conversations. This show will be up after 10 o'clock today in perpetuity until... My key fob doesn't work. So listen to it while you can. We've talked about affordable housing, what that means. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nebulous term. I guess it depends on how much money you got, huh, Lauren? Some days, yes. And, you know, talking about how much money you have, uh, and not you. I'm just not. Let me start over. There are some very nice areas of Merced with some really nice homes. I always remember as a kid, Whitegate Farms. Mm-hmm. Uh, out there by the lake, I don't know, we just called it the lake, the country club. Mm -hmm. Those areas uh, really have some staying power, don't they, and still some demand, huh? Absolutely. Whitegate, Robinson Estates. Robinson? Harris Acres is making a great comeback. You are starting to see now young families moving into Harris Acres. It's kind of like this 40-year cycle coming around now. My uh, sister and her husband live in uh, Harris Acres, and she's told me the other day, says, we're the old codgers there now. (laughs) All the young families are coming around us. I think they used to have a pool over there. Uh, They did, yeah. Community pool. My friends, uh, they were on Wainwright. We were slumming. But we'd go over there, and man, what a nice vibe those communities. And again, home ownership brings that. And what's old is new. They call that the churn, right? The you know, people sell, they mm-hmm. get out, you know, maybe they get into that condo like you and I. Hey, mowing the lawn ain't no fun when you're 60, let me tell you. And so you're looking for something. And meanwhile, the young couple comes in, husband's down at Home Depot every weekend, he's renovating. I mean, that's what it's all about, right, Lauren? Exactly. 100%. Sense of community. Well, when we talk about those new communities and some of the established communities, I wanted to take just a moment because, again, the family connection to UC Merced is incredible. Help bring UC Merced here. And uh, we haven't seen the growth along Bellevue Lake Road as quickly as we wanted to. 
those folks out there uh, north of Yosemite a little reluctant to come into the city. Uh, they like the bigger lots. They're wondering, what does that mean to me? And uh, so we've kind of, uh, through some legislation uh, in a chess game, jumped over those folks in that uh, corridor I call from G to Lake, Yosemite to Bellevue, and we're now going uh, out out to the university, some property surrounding the university. First, we bring in the university, annex it into the city, which was always the plan. It was always the plan. But the surrounding property, the development of that, we need to have it in the city. And so with this legislation, we've done that. I think it's a good idea. What do you say? Well, I went to UC Santa Barbara, and uh, you find students that really want to be close to campus as far as living. And so you've got dorms on campus, but you really don't have any other housing anywhere nearby in any kind of numbers. So if you built housing across the street, you would end up developing a campus community. And it would be, in my opinion, a great addition to the city. Yes, the city will eventually catch up out there and envelop the uh, university, but for the meantime, it would be a great addition for students. They love to be closer. They don't necessarily like to be commuting and wasting time. They want to be close. And plus, the going back and forth either to classes or events and things like that, it really is an advantage to them to be closer. Yeah, and something walkable within there, right around that area, and it's right for development, and it's virgin territory. You can put the new buildings in with the new Title 24, the new sprinklers, the new things, because quite frankly, and there's an acknowledgement that a lot of our inventory is dated in some ways, and to renovate, to bring that up mm -hmm. is very important. Now, let's transition into that to commercial, because that's a different animal than residential right now. Yes. And, uh, you know, with the gig economy and the e-economy, you know, you mentioned just the cost of materials, but talk a little bit about why commercial really hasn't taken off, and is there a need here in Merced for that? Well, it's, let's, there's many different facets to commercial real estate. Let's talk about offices for openers, okay? Um, last year... The year started off great. We had a number of leases in place and sales in place for general office space. Pandemic hit, they all fell out. It's bouncing back this year. People are again looking. But right now, what you have is this hybrid approach that seems to be gaining traction, where people now are saying, hey, I don't have to go into the office every day. I can work from home and maybe transition in a little bit. Plus, the other thing is, you have people now from the Bay Area that are coming into the Central Valley because their companies, Facebook, Google, et cetera, are saying you do not have to work in the office every day. Maybe come in once a week. The rest of the time you can telecommute. And these people are coming into the Central Valley because they can afford to buy a home. I will give you an example. One of my daughters is a medical social worker, lives in San Francisco, works at John Muir Medical in Walnut Creek. One bedroom loft apartment in San Francisco $5,000 a month. Wow. That is just insane. Twelve fifty a week. Yeah, tell me about it. So anyhow, you've got these people coming over here. So that is basically going to hopefully drive some new office construction because we really haven't had locally any new office construction since about 07, 08. What we have a big demand for right now is medical office space. Hospital is doing a good job bringing doctors into the area. We really need specialists into the area. We have a lot of people retiring that you know started about 40 years ago, and they're mm -hmm. done. So right now, we need good medical office space. We have not a lot of that available at the present moment. Okay, So that's kind of the office space thing going right there. Mm -hmm. 
as far as retail space is concerned. Mm -hmm. We've done a pretty good job renting up downtown. You don't have a lot of retail coming into the area simply because it's tough. You know, everyone says, hey, you know, we want a Trader Joe's. We want this. We want that. Well, number one, they're not expanding that much. And number two, we're not big enough yet. We need 100,000 people to really get on their radar screens. And we need to have better economic numbers as far as disposable income in order to attract those types of establishments. Education and jobs. Bingo. Exactly. Okay. Next thing. Oh, there is one bright spot in retail. Drive-up retail. Drive-up retail is doing great. Your Starbucks, anything that's got a drive-up lane is doing yeah. very well. I mean, if Oh, you, no, don't go down G Street and try to go past Taco Bell. They're out into the middle of Olive. I mean, it's, no. It, it's great. Yeah, they're doing well. Industrial space. About, Talk about that. Very important. Michael Bowomany, city councilman, he said we need to develop business parks, industrial space. What do you think? Absolutely. Look at it. Eight years ago, we had 1.5 million square feet of industrial space available. Today, probably less than 300,000 square feet. There is next to nothing. My partner, Dan Gallagher, and I are working with a company from Los Angeles to come up here and build spec warehouse space. Because here's the deal. If you have a company and they want to come into the area and lease it or buy it to put their business in here and employ people, right? if you don't have anything to show them, they just go down to the next city. They do not want to wait for you to say, oh, we'll build it, we'll this, we'll that. No. They want to see the building. If it works for them, they'll put their tenant improvements in and they'll get going. They want to be in there four, five, six months down the road. They do not want to wait 18 months for you to build it, et cetera, because that doesn't work into their plans. So they don't want shovel ready. They want it ready. They want it ready. Absolutely. And when you talk about spec, we're not talking about specifications. We're talking about speculative development. Yes. In other words, you're building it, betting on the come, that they're going to come. And I can tell you that uh, Mr. Ganella is exactly right. I saw this down in San Diego where business parks they would build them, the tilt-ups, they'd be uh, for miles, and it was amazing. In five years, they were all filled up, and they, haven't, and they haven't gone down. And you have to have that investment in the community, that kind of that buy-in. And it takes, again, that speculative money, you know, kind of like what we saw here with the Manger and the Tioga and the, and the El Capitan. I mean, a ton of money went into those old buildings. So to build something new, really important, isn't it, Lord? Absolutely. And the city helps out, too, in terms of making sure the infrastructure in place, mm -hmm. the sewer, the water, et cetera, because you're not going to have these people come into the area if you don't have water and sewer capacity. Because we do have a lot of food processors that take a look at us, so those things are extremely important as well. Years ago, Stan Thurston, a big, uh, big uh, proponent of expanding the sewer system to wet users, as they call them. Uh, that's when we had the uh, idea of dairies. Remember when cows were popular? Yeah, we were going to have all kinds of things cheese produce and stuff did you read where hillmar building a huge hillmar cheese company huge huge plant in kansas dodge city kansas so uh what does that tell you you know again local investment if you get people that are willing to to do it man we need to pave the way make it easy again a google map of a piece of dirt doesn't cut it today they want to see a standing building where they can back a semi up because the just in time it's quick 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 Business models change. We talked to Lauren about how from phase one to phase two, the building costs went up 150%. Guess what that does to the cost of a, of a house, let alone to the cost of a commercial structure. So again, 
the idea is to get and you say there's some of those folks coming to town yes we, we uh, my partner dan gallagher and i are Wonderful. working with a company from los angeles we were talking to them today they have are working with the city in terms of acquiring some land they're working with a local engineering firm to come up with a, a drawing to submit for a building permit they mm -hmm. want to get going here and, well, on, and uh, hang on one second. Yeah, and, well, I'm and, and there you go. And back to what you just mentioned a moment ago, they're now getting bids and going, oh my God, look at what the price of steel has gone to. Mm. And I'm hoping that that doesn't derail the project, to yeah, be honest fall, with It doesn't you. fall out of bed. Well, I'll tell you something that fell out of bed, and I. I will just make a comment. You can comment if you will. We, it was a very, a very big loss when we lost the Walmart distribution center, my friends. That was a huge uh, job producer, 1,400 jobs, shift change. It'd be happening, oh, in about 10 minutes. And that was around the clock. And there were forces here that vilified Walmart. You know, it's funny how they came back in the Mazer and the Tioga and the El Cap. But, and thank you to the Walton family for still believing in Merced because we believe in you. And to make that investment way back then, who knows what that area around Campus Parkway, the interchange would look like, but it's not all is lost. There's still that opportunity. There's still those industrial areas. <clears throat> I really appreciate your candid thoughts on that. Again, the Walmart Distribution Center was a terrible loss to this city. Um, commercial real estate, office, retail, that pretty much covers it. You know, a lot of folks have had questions on the internet about the mall. You know, what's going to happen to the mall? Coddington out there, they're renovating the Sears building. That seems to be going on, but you know, things change. Uh, the, the gig economy, the, you know, we just got Best Buy back. Everybody's excited about that. They used to call that the Amazon showroom. You know, you'd go there, say, hey, it looks like you touch it, and then go order it online. Movie theaters, we've seen a, you know, we don't know where we're headed with that. So again, office retail, but commercial, it's a little bit different animal, isn't it? Absolutely. It just, it just, there's no emotion. In it. it either makes economic sense or it doesn't. You either have the numbers or you don't build it. And Coldwell Banker, Big, uh, big, big uh, entity back in the day of the of the of the malls of the of the big shopping center development. Yes. So again, it's interesting how those change. They're being repurposed into housing, all kinds of different things. Let's talk about something that we do best here in the valley because where water flows, food grows. And if you haven't noticed lately, folks, we're in a drought. Uh, we had a lot of uh, photo opportunities and bare basins and dusty fields and dusty boots and all of those types of things but it hasn't rained the reservoirs well they're not being used as reservoirs much more they're unrestricted flows to help the salmon and those type of things environmental concerns a lot of pressure but let's talk about agland you did a really nice presentation again at the city council meeting people should go back and watch it we're just covering just a portion of it but you mentioned something about ag land. Still a good demand, isn't there? There is still a very strong demand for ag land in our area. The caveat is, is that buyers want two sources of water. They want an irrigation district and they want an ag well. Quite simply, without two sources of water, it's a challenge. It is definitely a challenge. If you have one source of water, you can still sell it. It's going to go for a little bit less, but you can still sell it. But the name of the game is water. It has been. It'll continue to be for a long, long time. Well, because no water, no crops. No, and I think you would agree. MID, a private organization, uh, just has done an amazing job. Their distribution network here. There was a, they always have a growers meeting every year. It was just a couple of years ago. They were talking about all the legislation. We saw the water board come to the Merced Theater. Did they listen? I don't know. 
But the uh, Merced Irrigation District has been a leader in litigation, unfortunately, because their proposals haven't been heard. They've fallen upon deaf ears. And they talked about passing the hat among the growers to help with the legal fees. They're very expensive when you look at six, four, five, six hundred dollars an hour for billable hours for lawyers. And this old farmer stood up. He took off his hat, his old Ford hat with the sweat rings. And he goes, I don't know about you, but my land isn't worth anything without water. That's correct. So when you talk about two sources, just to lose one, and with Sigma, with drafting out of the aquifer, Mm -hmm. in case you didn't know it, folks, every time you drill a well, they put a meter on it. Supposedly, it's just for statistical purposes now. But at some point, they may come and say, hey, uh, you've used your allotment, right? It's entirely possible. You are correct. I mean, you know, right right now, just for an example, for almonds, you know, buyers are looking for trees 7 to 10 years old. They want a certain size land. And that will go for anywhere between 32 and 36 an acre if you've got two sources of water. $1,000 an acre, folks. Thirty-two dollars to $36,000 an acre. And, Lauren, those are incredible numbers they from are. what we were used to, aren't they? Oh, they're, they're insane. It just keeps going. And like I said, with the demand the way it is, there just it doesn't seem to be an end in sight. It really is amazing how almonds, how nuts lately. You know, I remember the pistachio boom in California, mm-hmm. and that was real big. But I have never seen anything with these almonds. And with drip irrigation, you don't need flat land, do you? You do not. You do they, not. They go up into the foothills. and They've done a marvelous job of marketing almonds worldwide and creating a desire for their product. It's, it's really my hat's off to them. Great job. Yeah, and it's really difficult. We're not going to solve the problem here, but, you know, there's that trade-off between, you know, the cost to the environment, the cost to our water storage. What if we don't have the water? The wonderful company is going through a tremendous, I uh, talked about it at length on another show, down in Southern California, in Kern County, uh, trying to get water, competing with China, uh, Lake Naval Air Station there. You know, they, they want the water, and uh, there's only so much underground. It's amazing how some of these desert areas, there is a lot of water underground, but uh, still there's only so much. And what we're doing is somewhat, you know, not natural to the area. And, and with the, the sustainability, I think we would all agree that we have to make this sustainable. And our farmers have been very good at that. I mean, they're not trying to work themselves where their land is not productive. But the regulations and such are really constraining a lot of these family farms, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And and to be very honest with you, I think everybody right now is concerned about sustainability in terms of how can you make this work. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned drip irrigation. When I was growing up, my dad, uncles, cousins, everybody I knew was a tomato farmer. Mm -hmm. You don't have all those tomato farmers here anymore. And they all did flood irrigation. Mm -hmm. Now you do it by drip. And I, I was telling somebody um, a few years ago, I said, hey, this is great. We're saving water. And he says, yes, but we're not recharging the aquifer because the flood irrigation used to do that. And I went, oh, my God, you're right. It's a trade-off for anything. You know, there's, you, you, think, you, you think we've found a way. And, uh, you know, it's like uh, that song, Huey Lewis and the News. I want a new drug, one that doesn't make me sick. There's no cure, folks. Uh, there's going to be a trade-off. Just wanted to go back again just real quick on inclusionary zoning, or as I like to say, Let's zone for inclusion. Let's let's have some better ideas. Not let's just mandate this. I, it was very. Uh, it was it was very. Uh, um, I was I was pleased to see that the council, the majority of the council, seems to agree with you that there are better ways to maybe go down this path of providing affordable housing, first-time home buyers. Again, it's kind of an all of the above situation that we've talked about in various segments. Correct. Well, I I think that if you get everybody in the room and you try to put inclusionary zoning in front of builder developers, I don't know that it will be embraced. And I think that therein lies your problem 
right there. And so I think you need to kind of take a look at these other ways as a way to solve this uh, issue and move forward. Yeah, and it really and it really does require a conversation without the brusque comments, without the perceived notion of this. You know, it seems that class warfare is a really a big deal in this country now. You know, the you know tax the rich and. You know, let's just take a minute. I told you to go fast. We only have four minutes. Cost of materials, cost of labor. There's such a thing that we haven't seen in a long time. Starts with an I, and it's called inflation. Mm -hmm. Lauren, I have to ask you, what do you see? What do you have a a touch? I'm not asking for the crystal ball. Oh, he's pulling it out. (laughs) But what do you see in the future here? Well, uh, Casey, let's, let's take a look at history, okay? Following World War II, we had inflation because we had tremendous government spending. Following Vietnam, same situation. Following you know, the 1980s, you had tremendous inflation. Now you have the Federal Reserve that has basically pledged to keep interest rates low and even let their inflation numbers move up. Unfortunately, I just believe that long-term economics say that you are going to see inflation, and in order to combat inflation, you're going to see interest rates go up. And that is one of the reasons why you have such incredible demand right now. As I mentioned in one of the previous segments, you've got interest rates where you haven't seen them in 70 years. You've got let's, them let's talk about those rates. 2 3%, right? Or is that high? Uh, no, it's about uh, just a slightly over 3%. I mean, it's phenomenal. When, when my dad got married in 1949, he ended up getting a loan for 3%. That was, I mean... That was like 70 years ago. Exactly, exactly. And money isn't worth any more? Wow. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. It is never... If you'd asked me a number of years ago, would we ever see 3% again? I'd say absolutely not. But what's that going to do to these housing developments? Again, the 200 people waiting list, the guys that just got in over there at Moraga, at Bellevue, at blah, 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 blah. Are they going to be upside down? What Are we? Are, well, are you concerned? Well, if you're really close and interest rate goes up, yes, absolutely. You could knock a few people out of the game. But typically, if you see a small movement in rate, a quarter percent, half percent, it generally doesn't translate into a huge increase in your monthly payment. Yes, it increases it, but usually not enough to basically say you don't qualify for a loan anymore. And I think that's really what you have to look at is how much of the monthly payment does it change? Because people tend to get very concerned if rates go up a quarter percent and like, you know, oh, my God, the sky is falling. Hmm. That's, That's really, in my opinion, not the way to look at it. Did it affect the monthly payment enough where you no longer qualifies? To, to me, is the answer. Yeah, it's being able to, like you say, getting something you can afford, not overbiting. Exactly. Make sure you have that good credit. Again, education, jobs, uh, some some real themes that kind of cut across all of these problems. And uh, again, we've had Lauren Ganella with us here an hour and a half. It goes so quick. Lauren, I want to give you the last two minutes to say anything you want. Well, Casey, what I'd like to say is thank you very much for inviting me on your program today. I really appreciate it. And and right now, I'd have to say this. I think locally, our city is in great shape. We are coming out of a time where Merced, to be very honest, at it many years ago was probably not business friendly. It is now. There's lots of great things happening. Ace train coming to town, high-speed rail, um, the Amtrak all being converged here. The development at Castle Air Force Base, that new company coming into town, that that's this is all great. It's all putting us on the map. Google out there, 
you Seymour said, and all of the people from the Bay Area discovering the Central Valley and Merced as a great place to live and raise their kids. So it's a great time to be in this area. It really is. It's a great time to be alive in the city of Merced, in the county of Mercy. And we've had with us Lauren Ganella, again, a great fixture in the community. If you see him, he'll he's easily approachable. He'll tell you what you need to know. Just a great resource. And I find it so fascinating that your parents donated to the library, a resource uh, room, a discovery room. Again, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Folks, we're out of time. We'll see you next week. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley, Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM. Have a great weekend. We'll see you later. Wasted water's all that is, and it don't make no flowers grow. Good things might come to those who wait, not for those who wait too late. We gotta go.